Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast software, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. A reminder, our famous investigator t-shirts are uh, available. You can check out all the different styles and colors over at famous.greatdetectives.net. And be sure to order by December 29th to get your shirt in time for Christmas. Now it is time for this week's episode of Dangerous Assignment. And there's a little bit of a skip in here, but I don't think that anything is missed that's essential to understanding the episode. Uh, The original air date on this one is uh, June the 7th, 1950, and the title is Find Champlin and His Reel of Tape. Wheaties presents Dangerous Assignment. On stage tonight from Hollywood, Dangerous Assignment, another in the Wheaties' big parade of exciting half-hour presentations. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Yeah, danger is my assignment. I get sent to a lot of places I can't even pronounce. They all spell the same thing, though. Trouble. But when I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment is going to involve my trying to save the lives of several thousand people with just a ferryboat whistle, a window, and a hunk of tape. Well, here he is, Commissioner. I found him slaving over a hot swimming pool. <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. Morning, Steve. Commissioner? I'll have his papers in order when you're through with him, Commissioner. Steve, what do you know about Istanbul, Turkey? Well, is that something like Chicken Alla King? You can take that up with their Chamber of Commerce the day after tomorrow. What? I'm flying to Turkey? You're practically airborne right now. What's the deal? Steve, with the Korean situation what it is, we're up against a giant conspiracy to discredit us in all parts of the world. And we've got to be on the alert against it, no matter how fantastic these attempts are. Last week, for example, we were accused of dropping potato bugs in eastern Germany to ruin the crops. Yeah, I guess you can call that fantastic, all right. Sure it is. But don't forget that a lot of people in this world have been brought up to believe what they're told. Yeah, but look, how does all this tie in with my flying to Istanbul? There's a radio commentator named George Champlin who's Mm -hmm. been touring the Near East. This morning, he called his headquarters here in the States to tell him he'd recorded something pretty hot on his tape recorder. Well, what was it? We don't know. He said over the phone that it affects our government directly and that whatever it was, it was going to happen Thursday. Then the connection was broken off and Champlin hasn't been heard from since. He said it was going to happen Thursday. Well, look, it's Tuesday now. I won't even get to Istanbul until Thursday. I know, it's cutting it off or close, but we can't help it. Now, Steve, this could be another of those attempts to discredit us. We've got to find out. 
Lieutenant Deverick of the Istanbul Police is in charge on their end. Get over there. Work with him and find Champlin and his roll of tape. Well, I said, you've got your assignment. Good luck. Dangerous Assignment will continue in a moment. Now, here is the Wheaties man, Frank Martin. Isn't that a perfect name they thought up for him? Says just exactly what they are. Wheaties. There just isn't anything that sounds wheatier than that. Nothing that gives you more 100% whole wheat energy either. The good kind that stays right in there with you all morning long. You just try it and see. Just see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. You get a bowl of Wheaties under your belt or apron tomorrow morning and see how the big Thursday chores all seem to turn out to be little ones. Dishes to do? Breeze right through them. Tough customer to call on? Nothing to it. Papers to carry, ball game to win, they're all going to seem a lot, lot easier with Wheaties, vitamins, and minerals helping you out. So tomorrow, for sure, see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. That's the swell thing about my job. I'm always fighting the hour hand. All I have to do is fly five or 6,000 miles to Turkey and find a guy named George Champlin and his tape recording the day I get there. Well, my plane lands at Istanbul and I head for the police station. Lieutenant Deverick is roosting behind his desk, staring glumly at two natives who are squirming uneasily in their chairs across from him. I am afraid you are too late, Mitchell. What do you mean, Lieutenant? You are looking for this man, George Champlin. That's right. His body has just been taken to our morgue downstairs. What? Yes. You... What is your name again? Uh, I am Kozan Anad, Lieutenant. Yes. Uh, tell Mr. Mitchell what you have just told me, Kozan. Uh, yes. Uh, it was a bad thing. I-, I was leading my horse cart along a narrow road in the hills outside the city. Suddenly, I saw a car traveling down the road toward me very fast. It was weaving back and forth across the road. Oh, I was covered by fear. I looked for a place of safety, Confine but I could find... your story to the essentials, Cousin. Uh, yes, Sanat, Lieutenant. I jumped to one side just as the car hit my horse cart and plunged over the side of the hill. I ran to the edge of the hill and looked over in time to see the car burst into flames. One of my men nearby heard the crash and went to investigate. He found a body in the wreckage. We have identified that body as that of the American George Champlin. I see. Cousin, you said the car was weaving back and forth across the road as it approached? Yes, it was so. At first, I thought the driver was drunk. But then as the car drew near, it looked as though he was struggling with someone who was in the back seat. Did you get a close look at this other person? No. Could this other person have jumped to safety as the car went over the hill? That is a perhaps. The car hesitated on the side of the hill for an instant, then plunged to the bottom. Where uh, does this other fellow fit into the deal, Lieutenant? Permit me. I am Abdul. What this man Cousin says is true. I was walking along the road when this car sped by me and hit his horse cart. Uh, Did you get a look at the person in the back seat, Abdul? Only for a moment. It seemed to me it was a woman. A woman? But I could not be certain. Very well, very well. The two of you may go now. Thank you, honored Lieutenant. Uh, Thank you. But leave your names and addresses with the sergeant outside this office. It will be done. Uh... One question, if you will permit. What is it? 
Who is to pay for my horse and cart? You will be notified as to the insurance company involved. The matter rests between you and them. Uh, thank you, Anad Lutet. <sighs> A most regrettable development in the case, Mitchell. Yeah. I suppose you know I'm also looking for some tape on which uh, Champlin supposedly recorded something pretty hot. Yes. According to our understand, it was something vital to our government. We did find a tape recorder and some spools of tape in the back of Champlin's car. What? But they were almost completely destroyed by fire. You say Champlin's body is in the morgue now? Yes, downstairs. Come on, let's take a look. There was nothing in his pockets, huh? No tape, if that is what you mean. Well, I guess we can't find out anything more here. Brother... His clothes sure look like they took a beating. Yes, they are quite scorched. Yeah. You see how the sleeve pulls away in your hand? Debrick. What is it? Look, wrapped around his arm under the sleeve. A fragment of tape. Yeah, just a fragment, but maybe it's what we're looking for. Come on, let's get a recorder and play it. I'm ready, Mitchell. Let her go. Very well. I will start the machine. Nassif, you know who this is? Good. Now listen carefully. The meeting will be here on Thursday night at midnight. I... Just a minute. There is too much noise. There. I closed the window. Now your job is to get the necessary equipment. Do you understand? Hmm? Do not tell me you are getting faint-hearted, Nassif. Of course, many will die. That is the plan. The Americans will be blamed for it. And do not let me hear any more of your stupid fears. Uh, one more thing. Contact the other party involved and have him telephone me for his instructions within 30 minutes. I will wait here until 10.30. The... That's all there is of the tape? Yes, the rest was burned beyond use. Oh, great. We've sure got a lot to go on. So there's going to be a meeting somewhere in Istanbul tonight. It has a lot to do with a plot to kill a lot of people. Look, I still don't see how my government can be blamed. It is very mystifying, Mitchell. We have only a recorded fragment of a telephone conversation to go on. But one thing is certain. We must find the location of that meeting place before midnight tonight. Yeah, but how... That guy on the phone wasn't kind enough to furnish us with his address. I... Hey, wait. What is it? Rewind that tape and start it over again. Very well. What do you have in mind, Mitchell? There's a sound in there I want to hear again, up near the front. Yes. Yes, I was wondering about that also. There. There, it is rewound. Now, here it is again. Nassif. You know who this is? Good. Now listen carefully. The meeting will be here on Thursday night at midnight. I... Just a minute. There is too much noise. That's the sound I wanted to hear. It sounds like a boat whistle, Mitchell. Yeah. Have you heard enough? Wait. There. I closed the window. Now your job is to get the necessary equipment. Turn it off. You understand? 
It's not much to go on, Indeed, but... it is not. All we know is that a boat whistle sounded as he was talking on the telephone. Yeah, we also know that that whistle was sounded at about 10 p.m. The guy on the phone said that he'd wait there till 10.30, that's uh, 30 minutes later. The pegs... The time for us, doesn't it? Yes, yes, but we still do not know where he called from. Yeah, that's what we've got to try to find out. And we have no idea what's behind this whole thing. And you've got me. Excuse me. I wonder... Lieutenant Deverick speaking. Yes? What? But... I see. Send him in at once. Mitchell. What's the matter? A very strange occurrence. This must be the man now. You, you are Lieutenant Deverick? Yes, you are the one from the university? That, that is right, yes. I am Kumsar. Hey, you look like you've been tangling with a meat grinder. Tell us your story, Kumsar. I work for the university in their research laboratory. An hour ago, I was carrying a rack full of test tubes to the vault. I was attacked and knocked unconscious. When I recovered, the test tubes were gone. What was in these test tubes? Cultures of many rare bacilli. I have the list written down, as you can see. Skip the technicalities and give it to us in plain English. Very right? well. In those test tubes were some of the most deadly bacteria known to man. What? what? Look, uh, do you have any idea who jumped you? No, I, I uh, heard one of them called the other Nassif, I, I think it was. Nassif? That was the name the guy on the tape recording used. And he told him to get what he called the necessary equipment. It ties in, Deverick. But that means those test tubes will be at the meeting tonight. <laughs> Steve Mitchell will continue his dangerous assignment in just a minute. Say, I've got a little story to tell you about that. One of my wife's girlfriends was saying the other night that every time she goes to the store to buy laundry supplies, it reminds her to buy a couple of boxes of Wheaties. She knows doggone well if she's going to do the washing. She needs all the stamina and drive and energy she can get. So, naturally, she starts wash day off with a good big bowl of Wheaties. What's on your things-to-do list for tomorrow Maybe it's not the washing. Maybe you're going to go a couple of rounds with a vacuum cleaner or sell a man a new car or cultivate the South 40. Well, then, isn't it good sound sense to let Wheaties, good sound vitamins and minerals give you a boost? And if this is your vacation, why, you can even loaf better when you've had your Wheaties. Wheaties, the golden, lighthearted little whole wheat flakes that eat as good as they make you feel. Honest, substantial Wheaties. Each crisp flake made from a whole kernel of plump, ripe wheat. Well, how's about you? You just try it. Just see how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. Now, back to Dangerous Assignment and Steve Mitchell. Mitchell, as you suggested, I have checked with all the boat companies along the waterfront. There is a ferry boat which makes a regular trip along the waterfront each night. At 10 o'clock, as it nears its mooring, it sounds the whistle. Mm, that could be the boat whistle we heard on the tape recording. Mm, but that whistle can be heard over this entire section of the city. That does not help us locate the room from which that man was telephoning. What time is it? Uh, six o'clock. And we've got to find that meeting place before midnight. That doesn't leave us much time. Have you been able to think of any reason why you Americans would be blamed for anything that might happen with those deadly bacteria? No. I telephoned my boss, the commissioner back in the States. He's checking on it for me. So far, all he knows is that we've sent quite a few engineers and equipment over here. Yes, yes, I am aware of that, but I still don't see the connection. 
Look, Deverick, suppose you call the ferryboat company and tell them to have their boat stop its engines at 10 tonight and keep sounding its whistle. Then mount all the tape recorders you can get hold of on jeeps and trucks. Use the same volume setting that was used on Champlain's recorder. I, I do not understand what you have in it's mind. It's a slim chance, but it's our only chance of locating that room. Have your boys meet me at the ferryboat slip at five minutes to ten tonight, and I'll fill them in on the plan then. Attention, men. Quiet. Quiet. This is Steve Mitchell from the United States. You will take your orders from him. I want you men to start up this road which leads away from the waterfront. Station your jeeps at four block intervals. When that ferry boat starts tooting its whistle in a couple of minutes, record it. Then drive a block away as fast as you can, cut your engines, and record the toot again. Each of the jeeps will cover four blocks. Lieutenant Deverick and I will cover the four blocks closest to the waterfront in our jeep. Now, when you've made your recordings, take them to police headquarters as fast as you can. Any questions? Okay, shove off and take your station. I hope this will work, Mitchell. Well, we picked a nice night for the job anyway. Look, the moon's just starting to come up over that building across the street. Ah, yes. One wishes he were not engaged on official business on an evening such as this. Yeah, I... (laughs) That's funny. Hmm? Looks like a man in the moon. I... Hey, Deverick. Yes? There's a guy on top of that building. Get down. Mitchell. Mitchell, are you all right? Yeah. That second shot hit the door handle beside me. <laughs> Looks like somebody doesn't like the color of our tape recorder. Come. We may be able to catch no, him. No, no. There's not time. It's 10 o'clock right now. There's the boat whistle. Start recording. The recorder's on, Mitchell. Okay. We'll drive to the next block now. Turn the recorder off and label the recording you just got. Yes. We'll take one at each block in our stretch, and then we're going to make a beeline for head police headquarters. You uh, got all the recordings together, Deverick? Yes. Six jeeps, four recordings each. Twenty-four recordings. Twenty-four hunks of tape. Well, I hope our answer's in there somewhere. What are you going to do with them? I've got two recorders here. Each of them is hooked up to a volume indicator. On one machine, I've got the recording of the guy on the phone. And on the other machine, you're going to play the tapes we just made, huh? That's right. We'll be trying to match the volume of that boat whistle. Now, watch those volume indicators. When the two needles hit the same spot on the dial, that's it. I am ready. Okay. I'll start the tape we made. Now, you start Champlin's. Very well. Just a minute. There is too much noise. No, no. Too loud. Shut it off. The one Champlin recorded was louder than ours. Okay, we'll try the one we made a block closer to the waterfront. But, Mitchell, we have 24 recordings to cover. This will take all night. If it takes past midnight, we're cooked. Come on, set up that next recording. Start ours first, and then Champlin's. Very well. much noise. Hey, we're getting closer. What recording was that you just played? Number eight. Okay, try number nine. I'll reset the original. Ready? Yes. Let it go. Just a minute. There is too much noise. Yeah, that's it. Look at the needles on those volume indicators. They're at the same level. Okay, turn it off. 
That was number nine, huh? Yes, yes, it was recorded nine blocks from the waterfront. Show me on the map of the city here. Now, very well. Now, let me see. Here, here, at this spot. Okay. And I've got the ferry boat's location already plotted. Now, I take this compass, I point the point at the ferry boat position, and the pencil on the spot the whistle was recorded from. Then I draw a circle. Ah, yes, yes, I see. The two whistles were of the same volume. That means our number nine recording was made at the same distance from the whistle as the original tape. That's right. About a thousand yards from the whistle. It also means that the room we're looking for is somewhere on the circumference of that circle I just drew on the map. But half of the circle is out in the water. Yeah, we get a break. We can forget about that part of it. And another quarter of the circle is out in this side of the channel in the harbor. We can throw that out, too. Well, that just leaves us a quarter of it. Uh, are your men standing by, Debrick? Yes. Give them copies of this map with the quarter circle drawn on each one. Have them start along the rim of the circle from each end. Give them pictures of that dead correspondent. Tell them to try and find somebody along that route who remembers him. What time is it? Eleven o'clock. That's what I was afraid of. We've got just one hour to find that meeting place. So, we sit and wait and sweat. The minutes tick by. 11.15, 11.30. Then, at 11.40, Deverick's phone jangles. One of his boys has found a small apartment house whose owner remembers the dead radio correspondent, Champlin. Deverick and I beat it up. You say... You say you rented an apartment to this man, Champlin, several days ago? Yes, Lieutenant, but I have not seen him since. Here is the apartment. Unlock the door. Very well. Hmm, no sign of Champlin having lived here. Mitchell... It is obvious that he rented this apartment for but one purpose. Yeah, to make that tape recording. And that sort of points to the apartment next door. Who lives there? A man called Groven. But I do not see much of him. He comes and goes mostly by night. I think we're getting pretty warm, Deverick. Come on, out in the hall. What are you going to do, Mr. Mitchell? We're going to crash that party next door if there is one. Oh, please, I do not want any trouble. You got a key? Yes. Lieutenant Everett. What do you want, Turhan? The scapegram from Mr. Mitchell arrived at police headquarters right after the two of you left. Here you are. Thanks. From the commissioner back in the States. What does he say? It's a list of the projects here in Istanbul that American engineers are working on. Good, good. Maybe we can get some idea from studying it as to what is behind all this. Look, this is no time to be reading lists. Mm -hmm. I still want to find out what's going on in this apartment next to Champlin's here. Give me that key. Here you are. Okay, get ready for anything, Deverick. Yes. Okay, come on. It is empty. Oh, great. Look, this has got to be the meeting place. Champlin already had an apartment in Istanbul. Why, why, why would he rent the one next door here unless it was to make that recording? Maybe, maybe the meeting has not yet taken place. Hmm. What time is it? One minute after midnight. Oh. Well, I guess the only thing to do is to wait. Hope we're not too late. Yes, yes. Oh, it's stuffy in here. I will open the window. Yeah, that is better? Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What is the matter? Oh, brother, have I been a chump? What? 
I was what? so busily listening to the sound of that ferry boat whistle on the tape recording that I didn't pay any attention to another sound that was just as important. Look, this can't be the room where the meeting's to be held. But why not? You just opened that window. How did you open it? Why, I just pushed it open. Yeah, that's the point. It's a casement window. Now, think back to that recording. How did that guy close the window? Why, why let me see. He just... Wait, wait. He pulled the window down. Yeah, that's the point. It was an up and down window. And this one's a casement window. This isn't the room. Yes, yes, you are right, Mitchell. But that means we have lost. Where's that apartment house owner? Dragner? Yes. Look, Dragner, do you have any apartments in this building that have up and down windows? Why, I, why, I don't believe so. They all have casement windows. Except the little room on the roof. What little room? Oh, just a small place on the roof, which is rented to a friend of Groven. The man who has this apartment. Come on, Derek. You think that is the place, Mitchell? It's got to be the place. I only hope we're not too late. Here. This must be the door that opens out on the roof. Yeah. Mitchell. Mitchell, there is the room over there. Yeah. Sort of a poor man's penthouse. Wait. Someone is coming out. Yeah. One of them's got a little black bag. Abdul, the police, take care of them. I will take the bag. Anyone? Stop! Stop or I will shoot! You will not shoot! Out of the way, Buster! Mitchell! Mitchell! The one with the black bag jumped over onto the next roof. You missed. Come on, after him. Careful now. Mitchell! Mitchell! Do you realize who those two men are? Sure. Cousin and Abdul, the two innocent peasants who witnessed Champlin's accident. That was quite a little act they put on for us. But now they've changed clothes and voices. Yes, yes. As soon as I heard Cosan Zegler's voice a second ago, I recognized it as a voice on the tape recording. I gotta hand it to them. That was a pretty neat cover. Hey, look. Cosan went through that door. When we reached the stairway, Cosan is nowhere in sight. We pound down through the building and out on the street just in time to spot a car pulling away fast. It's Cosan heading out of the city. Deverick throws a couple of shots after him, but they don't take effect. We grab the first car we see and start hightailing after him. We are not gaining much on him, Mitchell. I know. Where's he heading anyway? This road leads out to Lake Derkos. But why should he be... Hey, wait a minute. Did you say Lake Derkos? Yes, yes, why? That name rings a bell. I think the commissioner listed it in this cable. Let's see. Yeah, here it is. Hey, that's one of the projects the American engineers are working on. A new water filtration plant. Yes, yes, that is right, Mitchell. And that plant started pumping at midnight. It supplies one entire quarter of the city with drinking water. So that's the plan. Cozan dumps the bacteria in the water and then half the city drops dead. And Cozan's got a half a mile head start on us. We are almost to Lake Derkos, Mitchell. There. There is the water filtration plant ahead of us on that rise. Yeah, I see it. And Cozan is there. Look, he stopped his car. He's getting out. I'm okay. Here we are. He's heading for that water tank. Yes. Yes, look. There is the night watchman. There was the night watchman. See if you can get a shot at him, Cousin. Yes. Debrick. Debrick. Just a shoulder wound. I am all right. Get him, Mitchell. It is up to you. I head for the water tank. And Cousin... If I've counted right, his gun is empty. If not, he's got a slug for me. When I get to the tank, he's halfway up the metal ladder. Then I spot his gun on the ground and know my arithmetic is okay. I start climbing up after him. 
He's almost to the top by now. But I'm climbing faster than he is. Because he's holding the little black bag of tubes in one hand. Just as he reaches the top rung, I grab one of his ankles. He kicks at my hand, grinding my knuckles into the ladder. I let go, then grab both of his ankles. He twists his body and pulls me off the ladder. But I'm still hanging onto his legs. He's only hanging on with one hand now. I know if he goes, I go with him. I swing back to the ladder and wrap my legs around it. Then I jerk as hard as I can. I get back down the ladder, and Lieutenant Deverick is bending over Kozan. He, he is dead, Mitchell. Yeah? I shouldn't wonder. I almost went with him. One second more, and we would have... Yeah, one second more, and we'd have been two too many. Well, it's pretty fitting, I guess. What, what do you mean? Kozan was out to kill a lot of people with that little black bag, but that bag is the reason he couldn't hold on to the ladder. Yeah, those bacteria were deadly, all right. To Cozen. Now, here is our star, Brian Donlevy. Well, Frank, I'm waiting. You're waiting, Mr. Donlevy? Waiting for what? Waiting to find out what you're going to say about Wheaties tonight. Oh, why so interested, Brian? Well, I want to see if you'll say about the same things I would... Well, let's see. Wheaties are whole wheat. Yep. And that means good, solid, all-morning-long energy. Check. Wheaties are packed with plenty of vitamins and minerals. Oh, lots of them. That help you feel better and work better and play harder. Check, check, and check. Wheaties taste so good. Check. Well, that isn't all, is it? Well, what do you... Oh, you mean see how... Check. See how Wheaties at 7 can help at 11. (laughs) Well done, Frank. You took the words right out of my mouth. Check, Brian. See you next week. Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Dunleavy as Steve Mitchell, is written by Bob Wright, with music by Basil Adlam, conducted by Ralph Hollenbeck, and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Join us again next Wednesday when Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell embarks on another dangerous assignment. Now, Brian Donlevy, I believe you said you had another word for us. Yes. I want to remind everyone that they can help feed Europe's hungry through CARE. 550 to CARE, New York, will send a package of food to a hungry family in Europe. Mail your 550 tonight. CARE, New York. Next, The Falcon, one of three exciting mysteries, tonight on NBC. Welcome back. Well, I have to say, of the episodes of Dangerous Assignment I've heard, and I think I've heard about a third of them total, this one is probably my favorite so far. I love good action and adventure, some great atmosphere, but I really love hearing our hero work through a problem and uh, kind of solve it like in a step-by-step basis. I enjoy that sort of story. And we get that here, and and it's great to see Steve work this out step-by-step. 
And, you know, there are probably some points you could raise against the methods, you know, where he could have been more efficient. But Steve is improvising the whole thing step by step as he goes, as he usually does. And I think it works out really well. Listener comments and feedback now. And we have a comment from Terrence who had a question regarding the ads in the episode the Nazi and the Physicist, which were for Ford. He writes, Back then, there weren't as many automaker models. No model's name? Must have been around the mid-1950s when styles changed to more stylish uh, tops with those classic tail fins. Well, the 1950 Fords don't appear to have had the tail fins, but they did have some different uh, models. They had, you know, two-door sedan, two-door coupe, two-door business coupe. They had a convertible, and they had a station wagon known as the Country Squire. One thing I've noted with auto ads, and it's not just a radio. If you watch uh, old episodes of You Bet Your Life, which were uh, sponsored by DeSoto, the focus of the ads, it tends to be a lot more on selling the brand as opposed to the specific models. I think that in the years since, you've had quite a few models that have become very popular and well-known. In fact, there are some models that people might recognize without actually knowing the maker. They might, for example, know the model, the uh, Mustang, without recognizing that they're made by Ford, for example. And I think modern car ads tend to be much more model-specific and showcase one model and say, isn't this an amazing car? And oftentimes that's based on uh, some demographic targeting because different types of vehicles are likely to be of interest to different types of people. But on a primetime show like Dangerous Assignment, in 1950, they're speaking to a very wide audience. Some who might want the Country Squire and others who might want the uh, Crestliner, their sports sedan. So the focus is on the whole brand that they're trying to market. Another comment from YouTube, this one from Rod. Uh, sending a huge fan hello, Adam, from Fanny Bay, Vancouver Island, British Columbia. Well, thanks so much, Rod. Appreciate you listening there. Did a search for it online. Looks like some good fishing. Also some nice scenery thereabouts. Now it is time for us to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Greg, Patreon supporter since March of 2019, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Well, that will do it for today. Be sure and subscribe to the podcast. It, make sure you never miss an episode. You can do so with your favorite uh, podcast software, including TuneIn, Overcast, or the Amazon Music app at amazon.com slash otrdetectives. If you are enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. We'll be back next Wednesday with another dangerous assignment, but join us back here tomorrow for Follow Vance, where... Please sit down, Mr. Vance. Thank you. Of course you realize I know all about you. You 
In that case, of course, Mr. Bell, you know that I don't believe you are 400 years old. How could you possibly know I am not? Logic, the laws of longevity, the complete impossibility of your being that old. How could you convince me that you are? Oh, I won't attempt to. I think you'll do that little thing for yourself. Benz, did you ever see a room like this before? Not quite like this. Those antiques are beautiful. Your library is complete. Thank you. Furniture and decorations are authentic. That much I, I can tell you. And you're right. Everything is authentic. I can attest to that because I didn't purchase these things at stores, Vance. I've kept them all these years. All what years? I was born in 1545. <laughs> don't look it, do I? No, you don't look a day over 350. <laughs> nice sense of humor, old man. Thank you. Bell, do you mind if I ask you something? Well, please do. You were born in 1545. What happened in 1588? A lot of things. One of them was Drake defeating the Spanish Armada. Quite a battle it was, too. Eh, we didn't think we had a chance. We? Yes, I fought with Sir Francis. That was before I came to this country in 1607. Hmm. I'm getting to sound silly, even to myself, but uh, what did you do here in that year? My friend John Smith sent for me. Captain John Smith. He was in Jamestown, Virginia at the time. Quite a man, John was. You knew him very well, of course. Oh, of course. There was quite a thing between him and Pocahontas, you may remember. I remember reading about it, which is probably what you did, too. <laughs> Stay skeptical, Van. Please do. And uh, don't allow me to try to convince you. I promised you you'd convince yourself. Yes, I know. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.